Hey, everyone, and welcome to another great show of Purpose to Pain podcast. I have a gentleman that's going to be talking about some amazing things today, how he went from being homeless, broke, abandoned, rejected, to being a millionaire in just a few years. And we're going to dive deep into that. Uh, welcome to the show, Dr. Obam Bowen. He has become a new great friend of mine, recently just met in the last couple months, but we have been uh, diving deep into a lot of things that we're going to share about today, changing mindset, changing your approach to business and life, relationships. I mean, you name it, this guy right here. And, and I don't even know how to explain him really, except for that he, he is a, uh, a prior service Marine, a former Marine. We never say X, but this man's in Cancun. You never know where this man's going to be at. Um, but where in the world is Waldo? <laughs> To hear this man's story, you guys need to stay tuned in today. So, Dr. Obam, thank you so much, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks for having me on, brother. I appreciate you. Joseph James, the Marine extraordinary and the sexier version of the two of us, because, you know, one of the things he's got here, but he did, I don't know if it's because he was hating on me a little bit, or he just forgot and didn't say it, but he didn't say I was sexy. He didn't say that. And I'm like, Joe, why, why man? That's messed up. You, you messed with my emotions right off the beginning. You, you you are absolutely sexy. And if you weren't and I weren't taken, I'd come chasing after you, brother. <laughs> you know, I was as sexy as you, but you know what happened? I started listening to Will Smith's daughter's song. I whipped my hair back and forth and mine fell off. So not listening to that song anymore. Now I need to whip my hair front and back and see if it comes back. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's so funny that you say you're, the, you, you know, you're sexy because, you know, years ago I had a big confidence issue on how I looked, you know, and how I felt right. about myself. And I literally had to start saying in the mirror, I'm, I'm handsome. It started off with that. And then it became to the point is I'm the sexiest man alive. Right. The only downfall to all that is GQ magazine hasn't contacted me. And that's not my fault. That's theirs. So yeah, I mean, bro, the truth is they know that if they put you on the front cover, you'll probably end up in a divorce. So they're trying to protect you. That's, <laughs> you know, they're trying to protect your brand. There you go. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a brand issue. Nothing against you. No, not at all. I like that. I like yeah. that. So, Obama, we 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 met a few months ago, back in December, matter of fact, and it was at a yeah, uh, yeah. up in New York at a book launch. We were both launching yeah. books in Times Square, which was a great honor to be up there with you. And but I, I got to hear little snippets of your story, and then of course we got to connect even more just a few weeks later at right, yeah. a, a great friend of our event, J.R. Spear, with uh, Business Leaders Network. And that's where it really took off from us. But it wasn't so much the fact of like, let's dive deep into the business. It was really, of course, what you are doing now. And we're going to get into that. But how you got to the point of not only having, you know, being a millionaire, but doing the things that you do and the things that you've provided for your wife and daughter. Um, but that all come that all came with a price. It, 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 it does. It did. And it's still, there's still a price to pay for everything we do, right? Um, I was just sharing with a friend of mine, we were just talking and told, we talked about, you know, whenever you step up to the, the counter of success, you always have to pay full retail. There's no shortcuts. There's no, nothing. It doesn't matter. As you know, um, I'm a very strong believer in, in, in my walk with Christ um, and believing in God. It's like even Jesus had to pay full price, right? I mean, and sometimes we... We take on like, man, it's too much. It's there. It's, and we, we try to negotiate. But the fact is, if you're going to have any level of success, you've got to 
be willing to pay the price, right? So for those those of us who are familiar with the Bible, you read it, it talks about, you know, that part where Jesus sweated blood when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. You have to understand your body, like your endocrine system has to be under so much stress to, to start sweating blood. And that's a real thing, right? It's different stigmatas that had happened to us. But what really was going on, it was, he was in disbelief like that. I did all this stuff you said I got to do. And now you're telling me like, we're here. I'm, so you said I'm coming home in three days and now you just, so listen, man, <laughs> you have to act in spite of the fear and the faith, right? God revealed to Jesus, listen, in about 72 hours, they're going to spare you, prong you, put thorns on you, give you vinegar to drink, beat you with cat nine tails, kill you, and then you're going to come up. And so he was trying to negotiate back. So he highlighted to him all that was going to happen. And he had to accept the fact that, listen, if you're going to sit on the, the throne of the king on the right-hand side, there is a set of things that you must do. It's non-negotiable. Success has non-negotiable terms. For if you try to negotiate them, you're not going to have success. You're going to have something but it ain't going to be success. You know, something, but it ain't going to be success. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I don't think, I mean, of course, Jesus being not only man, but also, uh, you know, the son of God, he knew what he was created for, you know, and w of course we can sit there and say, I know what I'm created for. I'm created in the likeness and image of Christ. I'm created to do a lot of great things here on this earth. I'm created to, to fulfill um, what God had purposed us to do here on earth, but yet we are not all knowing. And so right. I don't know to what degree the pain, the discomfort, the price that I have to pay as, as a father, as you know, a, a man, as a brother, as a friend, as an entrepreneur, like, I don't know those things, <laughs> you know, you, you, there are things that people can warn you about, like going into business, right? Oh yeah. Right. Sleepless night. There are those things, but yet you still can't fathom, but yeah. I would have never known or understood. Like I, I've really come to an understanding of my pain over the last three to four years. And that was, from the death of my wife, from the death of my dad, and then un uncovering all the pain and trauma as a child, now as an adult. Right. Yeah. You know, so you said that it just, man, it brought some memories to me right now. So you and I were both in the Marine Corps yeah. together. And I don't know. You, I think you were in when they still had line training. Before you left, did they, uh, were you introduced to make map training? So here's the, here's the funny thing about that. I was the last group of instructors to go through line training instructor school. Right. They dismantled the program. And then when I was recalled back to active duty, I had to start going through McMath. Awesome. Okay. So you, you understand. So now um, here's a piece. And now we, I know we can jump into the meat here, right? But I remember one of my mentors who came back while I was, I was in the fleet, hard charge, you know, you're talking about. So very, very um, rambunctious I was. And I told him, I was like, man, he just came back from the black belt instructor trainers course. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know what that is, it's just like in any martial arts you get, you move from white belt to black belt. Well, for us, it's the same. You go to black belt. But then the Marine Corps black belt instructor's course is to, to make you a black belt to teach other people. But the instructor trainer course 
is you can teach other people how to be black belts. So it's the hardest course that the Marine Corps ever created. It's the toughest one. And I told him that, and he's like, Bowen, I'm going to tell you right now. He goes, I know you're tough as woodpecker lips. He said that because when I went to school of infantry, basically learned to be an infantryman, he was my instructor. Then we served together in the fleet. And then he finally, um, we went our separate ways, came back, m matured in my career later. So he went through a private, corporal, lance corporal, right? All the way up to sergeant. He came back, I was a sergeant. And he goes, listen, I know your heart is woodpecker lips, Bowen. But let me tell you something about this, this program. I just left it. And he goes, you know me. And by that time, he'd already been to Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Dude was a war hero. He says, there is nothing that I've ever wanted to quit in my life. And he goes, there's going to be a day. If you go, I want you to know this right now. There's going to be a day that's going to come. I don't know when that day is for you. But there's going to be a day that's going to come if you go to this course that you're going to want to quit. And when that day comes, I want you to remember this conversation and you pick your ass up and you finish. I'm like, okay. It was three and a half weeks into the course. That day did come for me. And here's how that day came. We were doing the part of the obstacle course to finish it out. And I fell and I broke my ankle invertedly. Now, if you had missed three training days, you're kicked out yep. from the course. You can't miss, for whatever it doesn't matter. And I'm like, there's no, I, man, and, and how, look, I got, look at that. I got the hair standing up on my head, on my head, just like straight up, right? My ankle broke and I'm sitting there and it's like, it needs at least five days to heal. And I said to myself, there's no way I'm quit. It is not going to happen. But there's nowhere they're going to let me train. You know what's crazy? I'm like, okay, God just acted. That same day, all of a sudden, there was a freak like storm in Quantico in Virginia. Five days. Everything was shut down. Wow. Five days. My foot got to get, I got to go to the doctor and said everything was hurricane everywhere. Everything was nailed down. That day I made it into to the hospital, spent three and a half days getting fixed and reset, strapping my foot down up after that five days. Then we resumed back to the training day. It didn't heal, obviously, but I was able to, 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 to pummel through. And then towards the, the second to last day, broke it again because it wasn't strapped right. But the point is, in order to walk away and get that belt with that red stripe to teach other black belts, I have to pay the price. Yeah. And, and just to interject for, for those that aren't familiar with this, the, the way the Marine Corps worked in this particular course, because I, I went through the, the old school one, is if you dropped out, you didn't get a chance to go back in a second time. There was no, <laughs> let's start this over in a couple of One and done, son. <laughs> it was it. And, and, and I mean, talking about it because I had the same thing where, and I won't go into details, but right. I, had, I had somebody rake me from the middle of my two legs, you know, where, um, uh, as well as a stacked vertebrae, uh, cervical vertebrae uh, in my neck. And it was, if you left, you know, and, and you're right. It all came to that point of, are you going to take the pain and, and things like that? And of course, that, that's a physical pain, but yet at the same time, it's still a mental pain because it, it's, and I love one of, my, one of my coaches talks about how the body, how the mind is really the body's indicator, but yet mm -hmm. the body will tell the mind when to give up. 
Of course. It's the mind that makes the decision. And we, we do that every day in the gym, right? You go and you say, oh, I'm going to do three sets of 10 reps instead of I'm just going to go until my mind can't yeah. take it anymore. And number 11, you're really tired. Right. With, without a doubt. You know, and it's I don't think, Obam, that we pay attention so much to the mind as we do the body. Right. Because there have been people that have overcome uh, so much uh, pain, physical pain, you know, uh, where they had to override it, you know, in, in their mindset. But, you know, in, in, in the mind itself, you know, that's where we have to make the decision. And a lot of times the decision is made prior. Not always in the moment. Now, certain things do happen in the moment. Don't get me wrong, you know, but ultimately it comes down to the mindset prior to it. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Everything happens twice, first in the mind and then in their, their you know, reality of the body and whatever it needs to be done. It's like whatever you seeing yourself as we're looking, talking business, someone becoming a millionaire, they have to see themselves there first. You don't act, no one accidentally becomes a millionaire, right? It, it, no one accidentally becomes successful. You have to see it first and envision it positive time. And then it's repeated over time, right? And then like, you can't think about it today. Like, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire. And then you're a millionaire tomorrow. <laughs> Good luck. Doesn't work there. It might look that way with a nice theme song for two and a half to three minutes in the movies, but that's not how it is in real life. Right, right. And in and, and talking about mindset, I just happened to hear something yesterday from a gentleman. You know, ultimately, a lot of people, he said three things it takes to be a millionaire. And, and I really want to just talk about one of them is, is a lot of people are held back from, and I'm just going to be saying financially blessed, okay, or financially wealthy, not necessarily being a millionaire. Because it, whether it's $5, $100,000 or $5 million, this one thing is the same across the board. And right. the, the viewpoint of what we have about money. You know, we grew up, money doesn't grow. It's your relationship trees. with it. Yeah, money doesn't grow on trees. A lot of people say money is the root of evil, you know. And, of course, we know what the Bible says. It's the love of money. It's, what, it's, it's that being a servant or an idol to you, not necessarily God itself. You know, but it's the mindset behind those things. And, and I remember over these last couple of years is like, I remember always being living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, we did it in the Marine Corps. You, you, you know, none of yeah. us, are, none of us there are even. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, yeah, it, it is crazy. It's two things you said, like the first one that, you know, because my dad used to say it all the time. And then I, I got smarter and, you know, we used to have these healthy debates back and forth. It's like money doesn't grow in trees. And then I got smart. I'm like, listen, dad, did that, yeah, that, that's wrong. Right? Money does grow in trees. As a matter of fact, money comes from the papyrus tree that, that, that they turn into paper that they make them turn. So money does grow in trees. And my dad was like, stop being a smart ass. I'm like, where do you want me to be a dumbass? I don't know. Something like that. But then, you know, the other. Hey, <laughs> and money does grow in trees. You can ask the state of Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, you can. Uh, anyways, uh, I, I know, I know you wanted to to jump into some some deep yeah. mini stuff for for to share some stuff for, for for the good listeners here. While we're having too much fun, they're probably like, "Let like, two Marines don't ever get them back again." 
All they're doing is talking about the Marine Corps. No, you're right. We're bad. We're going to talk about the topic. <laughs> yeah, so let's take us back to that time where ultimately your mind could have been destroyed. Yeah, well, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, we do have to go back to the Marine Corps again. So sorry, listeners, but, you know, that's how it is. Because um, that, that's, 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 that's where it all happened. So I'm going to back up for a second. Um, I was born the last of 13 kids, mm. right? So 12 boys, one girl. So I was born with a football team, right? So, um, yeah, no football team. They had one cheerleader. That's my sister, my only one sister, right? Um, but the, the point of the whole story was I always had support. I always worked with a team. When I joined the Marine Corps at 17, I got married at 19 to someone I probably should not have gotten married to. My parents told me not to, right? My mom told me not to, my brother, my father, right? My favorite, uh, my favorite brother, my only sister, my best friend, and the pastor of the church. Like, they all knew something I didn't know. But they never told me what it was. They just, like, trust me. I'm like, really? Now, I'm 19 and I'm full of hormones. So I was thinking with the wrong head. So that, that's all that mattered, right? But my analysis of it was they were all jealous of what I had because she was fine. <laughs> she was. Anyways, long story short, 14 years later into this, right, we end up in a real bad divorce. And through that divorce, I, I basically lost everything, including my mind. I, I had just gotten injured in Iraq for the third time. I mean, it's still, I don't know if you can see it. I got blown up. I got some shrapnel, the scars and stuff here on my hands everywhere, whatever, right? There's still shrapnel on my back. I, I still suffer from um, headaches, chronic PTSD, depression, suicide ideation. I ended up homeless, um, living in my car for a period of time. And I remember, you know, many times it was the, the anger for, I, I was, I don't want to say the word, it starts with a P, ends with a D. I was so mad at women. I thought they were the worst thing. Cause like, how can I love somebody so much? And it just, just ripped my heart out. And at the time I'm going through mentally, unstable, we ended up in court. I lost custody of my kids, right, for, for a period of time. And, and it's all been over five years. So I was, to say that I was down and out of my look is an understatement, right? My thinking was plagued with all that was done wrong to me and whose fault it was, everybody else but my own, right? And it was blame, 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 and no responsibility. Now I know that's, that's what it was. But back then, if I was against me, right? Nothing was working out right. It, it, life sucks. It, it's a mean old world out there. Everybody. So I was on this mental cycle in this space. And I remember what I called my day of disgust with like the whole thing, right? And it, it was, it was a, I think it was like a Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember, but I know it was, it was in the middle of August. I was in California. I'd lost everything. Now, all that I had was in a storage facility and I couldn't even, uh, couldn't even afford uh, an air conditioned storage. So if you can imagine, it's a zinc building, 
<laughs> the zinc building, no AC. I have nowhere to go. And I go into the storage and I'm sitting there on this box, right? And I'm crying. I'm mad. I'm upset at what's going on. And I'm ticked off at the world. I'm mad at God, mad at everyone, blaming everything. And I'm crying and I'm sweating and I'm frustrated. Been in there for hours, so the sweat's running down my back, sitting on the cardboard box, which eventually gave away because all the sweat started and getting to it and melt, right? There's, that's how long I've been sitting there crying, like whatever. And they say, you know, real men don't cry. Well, that's a lie. That's fake men, right? Real men do cry. I got feelings too. You know what I'm saying? So they were hurt pretty bad. And there was like almost no way out. The crazy thing was, so because of, I was 200 and, and I think like 18, 19 pounds around the time shift, you know, I was built like a brick house. But she was a box of books. And the first book that fell out was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which I probably should have been reading in the first place, Joe, right? Just yeah. saying. But I picked up the book and I started reading anyways. And I started reading about desire, right? And I started realizing, like, I didn't, I didn't, at that time, I didn't have a desire in my heart for something to be, like, I had a want. Want and desire, two different things. Want is a longing, is a yearning that you're not really willing to do something for. A desire is when you be, whatever it is, you are yearning for. And I was yearning for a better life. Yeah. Right? Truth be told, I was yearning for a better wife, but I was mad at women then still, you know, I was mad. Because right. uh, <laughs> somebody done did me wrong. But you know, you know what made me get married 10 years ago was at the time when this happened was almost 17 years ago. I realized at the time I was too young and too horny to remain that way. So it's like, mm -hmm. Lord, we got to change this. I'm, I'm, I, need, I need me a wife because I, I got needs too. You know, homeboy, I need to take care of some stuff. So I, I, I basically renegotiated that anger contract with God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's what's crazy. When, when the switch goes on from blame to responsibility, I stopped blaming. I took responsibility and realized I was saying like, there, there's no opportunity for anything for me. And I realized someone had introduced me to a network marketing opportunity just previously. I had said, no, it's like, oh man, that, that's a scam. Stuff of the work, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Just like any other ignorant person. Now, ignorant doesn't mean you're stupid. Ignorant just means you lack information and you're not willing to go find it. So you remain ignorant to the fact of what is. But as I started reading this book, I started realizing there's opportunities out there that can be taken. And then I wasn't, uh, I started anyways, and I started doing things my way. It wasn't getting success as I needed. And my mentor gave me another book to read, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I was like, oh, I should probably be learning on how to actually talk to people instead of just telling them of what I'm doing, which is what, what gives like the direct sales or network marketing industry a bad name. Someone's like, oh, you should try this. I'm a, and they're just vomiting all over you, right? Instead of getting to know the person and seeing if your product or service is a fit for them, right? So. Then I decided, you know what? 
because of the mental instability, right? The mental illness, the PTSD, the trauma. I'm going to use business as my medication. So for 17 years, I've been medicated positively using big, using business and building business and building big businesses, right? First, it was money as my motivation. Then I got beyond the money because at, at, at a certain time, it's like I couldn't get enough money because I started seeking money. But when you, when you seek money, you don't get enough. Right. And it didn't matter how much I, made, I was losing more. And then I heard uh, a mentor of mine told me, it's like, Oba, you should focus more on becoming something better than you are. Be a person of value. People like people of value. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a, what a novel idea. Since then to this day, all I've done is develop myself to be more vulnerable and help people identify their gifts and bring it to the world. Right. It, but at that time when I was going through, it was tough. Right. Yeah. That was the price I had to pay. Right. It, it, there were times like, to be honest, I wasn't happy to pay it then. I was, like, I, to be honest, I was pissed off, Joe. I was mad. I was mad at women. But then when like 18 months later, no dating, no nothing, you know, needed to renegotiate with God. I was too horny, too young. Needed to find something. So I changed my focus on that. And um, now I'm happily married. That was too broke. Didn't have money to do that. I changed my focus on that. Been working on that. And now that's not a problem anymore. But during that time, during that pain, I had to go through the pain. If I try to take a shortcut, um, and here's what, what was a shortcut that, that lengthens the period. Sometime over-medicating, drinking too much, right? Avoiding it, blaming either my ex or the military or whatever. That, those are the shortcuts. And not to deal with what's really going on with me. But then there was a time for about almost five years, I focused on my mental instability and seek psychiatric help. And that's what started the repair, started fixing me. Yeah. I had to deal with the stigma too. Like, oh my gosh, you're going to see a psychiatrist, right? Here's the thing. I used to hear that stuff like, hey man, no offense. You used to hear that stuff, hey bro. That's a white people, man. Black people don't do that stuff, man. I'm like, all right, whatever. I guess I'm going to be the first black one that's seen a psychiatrist because I don't like what's going on up here. Yeah. It's just chaotic yeah. in there. Right? So I have to go against the grain to become the person I am today. Oh, Obam, why do you think people get stuck? Why, why, do, why do people get stuck in their not wanting to Joe, get out of their pain? Yeah, they, they don't get stuck. The, you don't even have to finish that question. They don't. They don't get stuck. They just refuse to move. Okay, I I can agree to that. They just why right? they just refuse to move. Why? Because it's painful to move forward, right? For example, um, right now, let's say, example, you're in financial debt, right? Yeah. Moving forward, meaning one of three things: you're either going to have to generate more money to pay off your debt. You're going to be fixated on like, nobody wants to loan you money because number one, you've been a bad store and manager of managing what you have. So of course, no bank or no one would want to give you a loan to pay it off. So it's a mean old world out there. And you're just going to repeat the pattern. And, and most people think it's like, you know, I just need to get some more money or I need to earn some more money or whatever, come into some money, but pay this debt off and get, get off of it. And that doesn't fix the problem. The problem is you're a poor manager. And that means you need a new education. So is the, is the pain more 
I now have to work towards growing and changing my mindset and, and everything that follows through with it for the pain of I've got to, something else has to happen, you, you know, because. Yeah, no, no, it, it, you hit it right on the head. The pain is you, you got to change. Like I used to listen to Jim Rohn a lot. He used to say, Jim Rohn, a quote Jim Rohn, for things to change for you, you got to change. Change. <laughs> change. You got to change. Yeah. Right? The pain there, or the, the problem is they don't want to become the better version of themselves, which means, for example, you cannot earn seven figures with a six-figure education. Right. <laughs> you need to get the seven-figure education. We both know that. Yeah, without a doubt. So, right? You can't. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you can't be an effective husband with a single mindset. Yeah. You're doomed for divorce. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah. So, what would you say to encourage people, whether it's been the loss of a loved one, growing up in a traumatic family, um, or childhood trauma, or even in your situation, the divorce that led to homelessness and things like that? What would you, how would you encourage them to go to face the new pain, but pain that's in a total different area than what they're experiencing? Yeah. So, first, I have to understand. What you're going through is a phase. And you have to understand and embrace that phase. Let's say it was the loss of, uh, of a wife. There's 14 stages of grief. You got to go through them all. You have to embrace it all. And the best thing to do is once you identify those 14, try to embrace it as fast as possible. The faster you go through, the faster you come through. There's only one way through. You can't go up, go around, go under. You got to go through it. Yeah. So the faster you're able to deal with it, the faster it will be in the past. Right? If, if you need to earn more income, it's not going to work two or three jobs. Three jobs are for three people. It's, it's being able to get your education to give you the higher income. And I don't mean like necessarily go back to school. They're having the right education, right? What makes it different that someone has, you know, earns millions in a day that someone that's never earned millions in a lifetime? It's what they know. It's the right education. Yeah. It's being able to, to understand, like, there's so much that I've learned. I remember my wife, so we were uh, having drinks that night with, with a few friends um, actually Lou and, and, and someone that you know, Lou, right. And she was talking, talking about how I used to drag her to all these boring classes on financial, this and financial, that, and she's like, it's not only just classes. We go to week long retreats and she'd be sitting there for hours, hours, and didn't get any of that stuff. And what's crazy is we've done it for almost 15 years together. But when we were talking about a few things and his wife asked a couple of questions, my wife was just spreading off a few stuff. And, da, 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 da. and I'm just sitting there going like, it's so boring. She knows it all, right? 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 Guess who manages, right? Guess who manages the books, right? Like I know everything, but that, that's what she does. 
but it was so boring. She didn't want to do it. This is what happens with most people. The new information, it's so boring. And if it's so boring, here's another piece. If you don't want to go through it, pay somebody who went through it that's going to do the work for you. But the problem is they don't want to go through it and they don't want to pay somebody. So they end up stuck. They're refusing to move forward. Wow. Wow. You mentioned something earlier that, you know, I, I didn't, when I lost my dad and my wife, I, I didn't think about, you know, 14 stages of grief. You know, I just knew that I knew I needed something different. I had to find myself is what I kept on telling me, you know. And right. I originally, I wasn't necessarily against going to therapy. I didn't know where to go. So I'm like, right. I'll just figure this out on my own. And the only way I right. figure it out is keep moving forward, right? It's that Marine Corps mentality. Just keep on moving forward, you know? And I just kept on and kept on and kept on. And people kept on asking me, it's like, Joseph, how have you faced so much adversity, but yet you keep on smiling? You know, how are you able to smile through all of it? And of course, my initial surface answer was God, because that was the truth. It was my faith that was allowing me to continue to move forward. But when you sit there and tell somebody, oh, it's my faith in God, to somebody that doesn't have faith in God, they don't get it, you know? So I literally had to kind of like, all right, what exactly am I doing? And it was about 10 months later that I realized what I, what I had been doing, right? you know? And one thing, and it was crazy because after I realized this and I did a little video of it, Simon Sinek, um, if, for, for those that don't know, he's, um, I think he's a uh, British guy. Um, and he writes, uh, books on, um, the start of why, or, or, you know, the power of why things like that. But I heard him in a clip saying this one thing, and he was talking about alcoholics and he was talking mm -hmm. about how they have, I think it's either 11 or 12 step program and they can go one through 11, but if they don't complete number 12, they'll always be an alcoholic. And when I heard this, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm on the right track. <laughs> and what it was is when I was sharing so much information about the loss of my wife and dad and just how I kept on updating people, I had people reaching out to me for help and for prayers, for advice, right. you know, for all those things. And I'm like, in my first mind, I'm like, and I'm not experiencing this. I'm no, I'm no doctor. I'm no therapist. But I realized that when I begin, and you said this earlier, when I begin to help other people, when the focus shifted off of me onto other people, then, um, then, then the, 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 when no. the focus went from being on other, being on myself to other people, then I really started the healing process. Right. I wasn't concerned about my issues, my problems, my pain, my worries, and everything else that followed it, I really begin to focus on other people. And what was so crazy, Dr. O, is this right here, is when I would share things to other people and helping them, and I'm, I'm not even talking about people losing relationship or losing a, a loved one. This was like people right. on drugs, people on alcohol, people on um, broken relationships. When I begin to help them, I was getting answers to my own problems and I didn't even realize it. And I think that is one thing. And you said it earlier. It's like when you made that shift of being on somebody else, focusing on how can I be a better help to other people in this world? 
because mm-hmm. those, and I know you as, as, as an individual and you know me, my, right. I know both of our mindset is not to have a, a to die with a, uh, a full bank account, but it's, no. to, it's to live a legacy. It's a it's live a full die empty, baby all day long. Yeah. I mean, it's to bless people. I mean, you get, we'll get into this later, but you give out vacations to <laughs> no, and I'm not talking about listen, listen, listeners. <laughs> this is why you really need to stay tuned. This man doesn't give out vacations to one or two people. I was in a room of 60 people with him speaking. We yeah. were speaking, and he gave out a free vacation. And I'm not talking about like, you know, a trip to Orlando or a trip to, you know, New Orleans. I'm talking about Hawaii, Cancun, Dubai, you know? So, I mean, that's, that is the heart that has been developed in you by simply serving other people. It also Thanks, brother. It gets you unstuck, making new decisions, you know, not staying where you're at, making that choice. And it's crazy that, you know, for both of us, we kind of just, we realized it. Yep. You know, it, it, yeah, it, it is, it is the, the, the space that we need in order to move forward. You need forward momentum. Well, forward momentum comes from action, right? So emotion creates motion and continued motion leads into momentum. So most of us, though, we just get caught up in the emotion and don't take motion, right? So we don't move. We're just caught up in the feel of the moment. And we keep repeating that process over and over and going back to your statement of like, you know, man, they feel stuck. You know, it's not that they feel stuck. It's that the emotion has paralyzed them from moving, right? They've let the emotion become a paralytic. And if you stay in the, as they say, you wallow in your pity, you can have a pity party all by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm glad you just said that because I found something so interesting the other day and it was a pastor preaching, um, pastor Stephen Furtick out of, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And he said this comment. Furtick's a bad dude, man. He is. He is, man. He is. He's a power puncher right there. He said this comment and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even, I didn't even think about this. You know, when we, when we go through a breakup, all right, mm-hmm. we broke up with our girlfriend or, or you know, a, a, a significant other, we listen to or find things that speak to us in that moment, okay, like a song, okay? Um, and I remember, I can't remember the name of the song at the moment, but I remember going through, through little breakups after I lost my wife when I was putting myself out there in the dating world again, and I would listen to this um, – um, I miss you song. I can't even remember what it was. Right. And uh, it kept on. I miss you. I, it, so, talking to you, baby. <laughs> it, it kept on putting me in this somber mindset because I was focusing on where I was at and was trying to find things to speak to me where I currently was, which was going, being sad and depression, anxiety, all those different things instead of looking to where I needed to go. Right. And he was talking about that, how we, how algorithms, you know, are created, designed that way that let's say if I pull up um, an all for one song, you know, what, what, um, uh, the moon and the stars, I can't remember the name of the song now. Um, I swear. I swear. 
Bottom the star is in the sky. I'll be there. I'll be so there. If I search that because I'm feeling depressed and I want to listen to music like that, then all that kind of music is going to continue to pop up. And that's how social media, that's how Google platforms, uh, you know, all of it have been, have been created to keep us in that. Instead, imagine if I would have just pulled up, let's just say somebody like Bishop T.D. Jakes or uh, Jim Rohn or Tony Robbins and allow that to feed me. You know, it's so ultimately it kind of goes back to is what are we feeding our mind in the midst of that pain? There's no doubt that right. somebody you go through a divorce, you that the trauma from a, a home or things that you're being triggered by, there's no doubt that it's painful. The thing is, is we don't have to stay there, but the steps that we make initially can either keep us there longer or get us out of quicker. Yep. You know, and I, I'm, right. going, I'm so, guilty of both. I've done both. Whatever you focus on expands. Yeah. Directly or indirectly. And, and that's how the market and peace works. Right. We call it the algorithm these days. It's tuned in. Right. Because what they want you to understand with algorithms in social media is, you know, man, this was meant to be. No, what they do is you say or you mention something. This is why, like, Google's listening, everybody's listening. It goes into your profile and it says, oh, he or she's talking about this. Let's find it and get it to them. And they, oh, my gosh, it was supposed to be. Yeah. Right. That's the energy. That's how it works. If you really want to change, you'll have the opportunity to. But once that happens, you do have to take the action and do so. Yeah. And, and you know, for those that are listening, I don't know why even going on this subject, but just when we were talking about searching things, for those that are familiar with AI or chat GPT, you know, get, get, get familiar with it. And it is literally as simple as let's just say if I was going through grief, like if I, if I would have suffered this loss, you know, today, as I did four years ago, and knowing that we have the technology is simply looking at something like chat GPT or the AI saying, how can I get through X, Y, Z? And instead of it feeding you what you think you want, it's going to give you the answers to what you really need, at least in right. the direction of that, you know? So we don't have to go on a tangent of that, but that's a whole nother subject. No, we don't. It's, it's interesting. Especially, yeah, especially being almost at the top of the hour. Yeah. It's like, nope, that'll take us off. That'll take us down a spiral. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. So, Obam, where are you at now in terms of your mindset, what you've been able to create by making the shifts and the changes going from where you are, the Right. The, the pain, the suicidal thoughts, um, living in a, living in your car for several years. Where are you at now? Ah, that's, uh, well, first thing popped into my head was that you asked, where am I at now? It's location. I'm in Mexico, but, uh, but, uh, mentally, you know, that changes. I, I had to, first I had to decide what I wanted. Yeah. Right. The word decide. Right. From from its original the original Greek meaning, the word come out like iside, anything like iside, suicide, homicide. It means to kill, cease and desist, all other options. So I had to decide what I wanted. And the life I'm living now was the life I decided to want. But decision has to have actions following behind them. And I decided to become this person. I also decided with my wife 
17 years ago that we were going to attend a minimum of one relationship seminar a quarter, so four relationship retreats a year, and one minimum of one personal development event a month. That's 12 a year. We did that for 10 years straight, right? That's being tuned in. And it, it helped me to learn and understand a very powerful phrase I use with people all the time. It says that your environment is stronger than your willpower, which, is, which means simply this. Listen, if you hang around nine smokers, right, you're the 10th person that's probably going to die from lung cancer. You don't even have to smoke, but it's going to affect you. Yeah. You hang around nine broke people, you're the 10th. You hang around nine drunks, well, you know, you're going to, Right. So association, but by doing those things over and over and over and over and over, it became automatic. It took us from, it took us through the four levels of competence. And what that's taken me through, because sometimes when, when you say, you know, people always say like, man, I went from this, earning millions, doing this, when hit the house, the cars, the bus, all, yeah, all that stuff is really a reflection of me choosing to develop myself personally. Yeah. Right. It's a reflection of personal development, which means I spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on my new education to have a new outcome. So when you ask, you know, where am I at? What took me from there to there? It's the renewing of the mind, right? I mean, Jesus, when he came, his first public sermon was repent, which means <laughs> renew your mind. And God wrote it in the Bible. Be ye transformed from the renewing of your mind. So I have to have a new mind to have a new life. Most people want to have a new life with the old mind. That's why they're stuck. Mm, that's good. That's good. That's good. Dr. Obama, you've written a couple books on this. I have. Want to a share few that? sexy books you, you might add. So, yeah. So the first book I wrote, the first book called The Philosophy of Success. And that was after, you know, going through a lot of those same trainings, developments, all that stuff, I realized. What, what happened by the time we earned the first million, right? Um, and the first million within a calendar year changed differently. I realized you needed a different philosophy to have different actions that give you different outcomes. It was a book written about how do you take simple disciplines and turn it into massive success. Then I wrote, you know, Passion 365. How to actually um, influence that change you're looking for in your relationship so that you can have passion 365 days a year, right? And I married me a Mexican. You know we're pretty passionate every day. Anyways, leave that alone. The next book I wrote was a book called Today's the Day, which means that you can make the change, right? And implement these different strategies. There's 14 things that we, we do unconsciously to be successful, but when you do them consciously, you get there faster. And the most recent book, I, I wrote dozens of books that are compilation books and share books. The four that I wrote that's directly for me, the last one that we're publishing, releasing in, in June of this year, called This Is Why Christians Are Broke. It answers the questions why Christians are broke, but it also gives the answers on how you can start to become wealthy, right? And it breaks down the action steps and skill sets you need to have. And we even have the training workshops and all that stuff uh, to do, which is one of the reasons why, you know, we've connected and, you know, this coming month, March 9th to the 12th, right? I'm, I'm excited to see you at um, the event, which, by the way, you have to forgive me because I put up, I'm so excited celebrating your your um, entry, and I put someone else's name on your on your stuff. So thanks for catching that and correcting me. We're, we're fixing it as we go. But Joe uh, is coming to one of our masterminds. 
um, in Orlando, Florida. We're doing a whole Star Wars thing. We're running this mansion. It's going to be awesome, right? So four days. Well, it's five days for Joe because he's part of our program. So it's only if you're if you want to be special, you can have five days too. But it's four days. We're going to be the mansion, having a blast, really teaching a lot of these principles to getting green. In 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 short, we're positively brainwashing you for five days so you can have a different money to take different actions to have different results. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll just jump and in I'll there just... for those that I, I've been a part of one of your other masterminds, you know, uh, the Unreal well, Minting Club. And it's helping me grow my business to uh, my speaking business, Alpha Leadership and the Purpose You Pain, to seven figures. And... Again, even though I have changed my mindset on my dog training business to do seven figures and I've been able to accomplish that, I wasn't applying some of the same principles on uh, doing that for my coaching. And it has right. been a huge game changer for me, for those that are listening, not only on my mindset, but my skill set, my confidence, you, you know, and just knowing and understanding how to excel where I'm at and what I love so much, I'm brag about you for a second. What I love so much is uh -huh. the fact that this is one of the very first programs I've ever done that truly feels like family. I've had other great you, systems, other great support systems, but when you're family, it's a whole nother deal. Right. You know, and, and, and I'll say this for people who be like, oh my God, I hate my family. No, this is a different, this is a love family. This is a big love circle for us. You know, this isn't like, you know, dead fish. You got to get rid of them after three days kind of thing. You know, um, this is, you know, just a, a powerful community uh, and group. And do you mind, you got a second to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, literally a second. Um, so <clears throat> we have what's called the outcomes and breakthrough mastermind and outcomes. People go to coaches or receive coaching so that they can have better outcomes in life and business and sports and finances, what have you. And they go to mastermind so they can have huge breakthroughs. No one in, in the history of planet Earth has ever really put the two together to give you both outcomes, breakthroughs, and then how to tie those together to actually produce the outcomes you're looking for and the action steps required to basically, in a sense, bridge the gap. Right. So no one has ever really given you the routine or the discipline to get it because discipline is a bridge between success and failure. And this weekend is really diving into those things, giving you the things, the action steps that's required, the mindset that's necessary and a community of people to help you do it and get there. Right. So that the family, like Joe said, the, the family is real and we love on each other and we love helping each other achieve success to convergence. Right, which is bringing your future into the present by having collaborative behavior, networking, connecting, collaborate. Better to do it as a group. I call it the finger to fist method, like we started talking to in the beginning. Not that I'm promoting violence, but if Joseph and I got into a fight and I'm trying to break his jaw, I can't do it with a finger. I could do it with a fist, though. The cooperation of these five fingers makes a really good fist. Love it. Brother, where can people find you at? What's the best way they can get a hold of you? Uh, best, the fastest way, if you're, if you're on Instagram, you can just go at obambowen.com same or, or, i'm sorry at dr obambowen.com same thing on facebook or you can go to the underdog millionaire.com because there's a bunch of pretenders out there but i'm the underdog millionaire right you can so you can go to the underdog millionaire.com and find me let's have some fun love it dr obam thank you so much for joining us and uh 
just can't wait to uh, continue to do more successful things and partnering uh, in our future, brother. Pleasure. Same here, brother. Looking forward to connecting with you. Love and appreciate you. We're going to go fix that issue we had for you to make sure that we're not calling you out of your name. Love and appreciate you. And thanks for having me on today, man. Love you, brother. Talk soon. All right. Talk soon.